Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. Today, I'm doing another Q&A episode, and this is basically just questions that I get a lot, whether it's in the group programs that I run or with one-on-one clients or workshops or whatever it may be, and always feel free to shoot me a question on Instagram at the.detox.diaries, or you could always just email me at Nicole at the Detox Diaries, and I will answer your question and I can even talk about it on the show too because I find that I get the same questions a lot which is why I wanted to share some of these because it may be things that you are thinking about too. So I'm gonna kind of today's mostly food related questions we get a little bit into some beauty and home stuff but I'm gonna kind of kick it off with things more related to like food and diet. So the first question that I get a lot is coffee. People love their coffee. I was someone too who, I mean, if you had told me that I would be somebody who doesn't drink coffee, I would say you lost your mind. (laughs) I loved coffee. I drank multiple cups a day. And I totally understand that for some people, it's just not something that you want to get rid of, which is totally understandable. But it's also really important to be considering how much we're consuming. So In general, coffee is acidic, not just to our stomachs, which I think we're all aware of how coffee on an empty stomach feels to us, but it's also acidic to our blood. And basically, when our blood is in a more acidic state, it can lead to things like premature aging, weaker bones. It's it's really the area where disease thrives. And I'm not going to say that coffee is all bad. There's obviously benefits to coffee as well, but in general making sure that we're limiting our coffee, if not fully cutting it out, is something that I definitely recommend considering. So if you are somebody who is drinking multiple cups of coffee a day, I would definitely recommend (laughs) trying to cut it back to at least just one in the morning, because even if you're somebody who doesn't think that coffee impacts your sleep, which everyone, it's very individual, how caffeine impacts us, it could be especially if you're enjoying coffee later in the day, it could be impacting the way you sleep. It also definitely has an impact on feelings of anxiety and overwhelm. So you not may not really be kind of like connecting these emotions and things that are going on with you to the caffeine, but they very well may be associated. So it's just something to kind of take a second and look at how much coffee are you drinking? Does it make sense to scale back? And if you do want to scale back, I do not recommend going cold turkey. I tried that before and it was an absolutely miserable experience. So I actually think that weaning yourself off of it is the best way. So let's say, for example, you're somebody who's drinking three cups of coffee a day right now. So you're having two in the morning and then one in the afternoon when you have like kind of that three o'clock slump. My recommendation would be can you maybe just cut out one of those entirely? Maybe it's the second morning one 
and you just have your one in the morning and then one in the afternoon. But again, be really on to yourself. That afternoon one could definitely be impacting your sleep and, you know, the way that you're feeling towards the end of the day. Because that's also when our cortisol is naturally kind of starting to come down and something like drinking caffeine is getting you all revved up again. So just something to be aware of. But I would recommend as you're just trying to reduce cups of coffee a day, you could try to cut them out entirely or you could be replacing them with something like Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee. And I recommend this to my clients all the time and their first reaction is, ew, (laughs) like I don't want to drink mushroom coffee. It sounds weird, but it's actually really delicious and it is half coffee. So there's still coffee in it. But the other half of it is adaptogenic mushrooms, which actually do wonders for your focus and in general, just kind of balancing you out to give you not this like jittery caffeine feeling, but more of a focus centered, grounded kind of feeling. So I definitely recommend it. It tastes delicious as well and it's super easy. I'll link up it to it in the show notes, but you literally just mix the powder with water. So it's very easy to just bring to work, have it on the go. If you're going on a trip, it's something that is very easy to add into your routine. So I usually recommend if it's three cups of coffee, can one just be gone right away? See how you feel. Can the second one become this half-calf mushroom coffee? And then you kind of adjust to that, see how you're feeling, and then just continue to pair it back. So maybe a couple weeks later, you now you're down to your one in the morning and one half-calf in the afternoon. And then can you get yourself to the point where you're just at the one half-calf in the morning or even just a half-calf in the morning half-calf in the afternoon. And again, the half-calf referring to the Four Sigmatic. Because the thing with coffee is even if you're drinking decaf, it does still have that acidic impact on your body. So you're not getting the double whammy of the caffeine impact, but you are still getting that acidity. So when you're having the mushroom coffee, it's really being counteracted with those adaptogenic mushrooms. And kind of just continuing to wean yourself off of it that way and You may never want to be totally done with it, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, I completely understand the ritual of having that cup of coffee in the morning, and you do very much still get that vibe with the Four Sigmatic. I was drinking that one of those in the morning for, I want to say, about six months, and then I eventually ended up just completely giving it up because I got COVID in March of 20, and I was just too nauseous to drink anything anything even remotely acidic in the morning and that kind of just fully got me off of it and I haven't had it since then but I again totally understand that giving up that ritual can be really challenging so if you're not willing to do that I think trying to get yourself down to a half calf four sigmatic in the morning is a really great way to find the best of both worlds. So another thing that's really important about coffee is to make sure that you're drinking organic because coffee is one of the heaviest sprayed crops that there is, which brings up just the topic of organic in general. And I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but consistently clients ask me, is it really that important? It's so much more expensive. Can I just wash it thoroughly? Does that help? And honestly, Washing will help somewhat. You should definitely be washing your produce, especially if it's not organic. But at the end of the day, those pesticides are actually in the food itself. So just washing it off is not really going to make all that big of a difference. And organic really is very, very important. Unfortunately, Roundup has major impacts on our health, and that is the weed killer that's sprayed on the majority of the crops in the U.S. And 
they have actually found that nearly every time a government agency or public interest group tests for residue of glyphosate, which is that active ingredient within Roundup, in non-organic foods, they find it. So nearly every time. And the impacts that um, glyphosate can have on our body are really extreme. Everything from disrupting our endocrine system, it disrupts our detox pathways, it disrupts our ability to absorb nutrients from the food we're eating because basically that's how it kills the weeds is it pretty much makes them nutrient deficient so that they can't bind to the minerals and they end up dying. And obviously we are not weeds, we're much more bigger and complex organisms than they are, but to some extent that's happening in our bodies as well and it is actually disrupting our ability to absorb nutrients. It obviously disrupts our guts, it acts as like an antibiotic that can kill good gut bacteria, but not the bad. So it ends up with dysbiosis in our gut, which we know our gut when it's out of whack can really impact absolutely everything. And of course, it has literally been proven to cause cancer. So not to try and scare everybody, but just it really is important to do the best that we can. So choosing organic whenever you possibly can is important. Always, always when you're eating animal products, making sure that they're organic. They just came out with another Dirty Dozen list for 2022, so I would definitely recommend checking that out. Um, It's mostly the same that it has been, but there's been a few shifts. And there are a few other things that are important to get organic when possible, things like I mentioned before, coffee, um, different kinds of nuts, oats, stuff like that. So I actually have a little graphic that you can save on your phone and just keep it in your favorites. So when you're at the grocery store, you can reference it in terms of things that are most important to get organic and least important to get organic. So if you would love to leave a rating and review for the podcast, I would really appreciate it. And if you do, you could email me at Nicole at the Detox Diaries with a picture of the review that you left and I can shoot you off that graphic. And it's a great thing to have on your phone. Another thing also that's important to remember when you're choosing organic is really it's just the things that you eat the most and the volume that you eat the most. So if it's something that you eat little bits here and there, it's not the end of the world if it's not organic. But if it's something that you are eating every day and you're eating a lot of it, it's important that it's organic. So just keeping in mind that how much you're having is really, really key. Another Um, question or concern that comes up a lot for clients is they feel like they're always hungry and everybody is obviously interested in adopting intuitive eating because it's the way we're obviously supposed to operate. We're supposed to eat when we're hungry, stop when we're full, just be in touch with what our body needs. But unfortunately, as I've talked about on the show before, it's a lot more challenging than people make it out to be because we've just been so out of touch with the signals of our body for so long. So sometimes when you're first starting to try and really listen to your body, it can be really challenging to know if you're eating too much or too little or the wrong things or whatever it may be. So sometimes clients will tell me a lot that they feel like they are always hungry, always kind of wanting to snack, and it's feeling like they're eating too much food. So something that I have found for me that's actually been really helpful for this, because this is something that I used to struggle with as well, is that I was always somebody who was very like my three square meals a day kind of thing. And I would 
come up with whatever the serving I thought was appropriate, whatever basically fit in the container that I was going to bring to work that day or that I make my salad in or whatever it may be. And I like to eat. So I would finish the serving that was in front of me and not really be super in touch with how hungry or full I was throughout the process. I would wait until I was hungry to eat it, but I would just finish it and kind of not really be checking in with myself to see like, am I really hungry enough to eat this whole bowl or should I stop midway through, kind of give myself a few minutes to digest, take a breath, and then maybe I don't really need the rest of it. And what I have been finding is that I am eating less throughout the day, just more often. So let's say for example, I made kind of like a big salad for lunch. I'm finding that halfway through it, I'm kind of like, I'm actually pretty satisfied. And I think if I were to eat more, I'd be really full. But it's still by the time that like three, four o'clock rolls around, I'm feeling snacky and hungry, whether or not I ate the whole salad or half of it. And now at that point, I'm eating the other half of it at four o'clock. And then I'm ready to have my dinner at like, let's say 6.30 or seven. So I'm finding that no matter how much I eat at meals, I still, my body wants those regular intervals of food. And being in touch with when I'm feeling slightly full or slightly even just satisfied and stopping there and allowing it to be okay that if I'm hungry again in an hour, I'll just eat again in an hour. I'm finding that that's really working for my body and making me feel lighter and like I'm eating what feels like a really good amount for me and I'm never depriving myself. I'm always eating whenever I'm hungry. So I think that this is really helping me to truly be more in touch with my hunger signals and what I really need to be satisfied and full as opposed to just kind of having it be like an arbitrary serving size that I'm like, I'm just going to eat the whole thing. And I've been, you know, sharing this with some clients and they've been saying that it's helpful for them as well. So that could be something to try. Another thing that comes up a lot is I never know what to make for lunch. Like, I kind of want to throw together something quickly. I like things that are basic, but I feel like it doesn't have enough different things in it. Or like we, we have these rules often that I find, and I was always this way too, and I find it with my clients as well, that they feel like every meal needs to be this like perfectly portioned hits all the highlights of nutrients and all of that and it needs to be like all in one meal that works perfectly together like this salad or bowl that has all these different components and i mean it can feel a little bit overwhelming to be trying to make something like that every day and mix it up if you don't want to be eating like the same thing every day and it requires planning in advance which is always a good idea but sometimes we don't get a chance to do it or we just have a really crazy week and we'd rather keep it simple. And half the time when I say to people, well, what if there was just no rules? Like what if you could just have a slice of toast with some avocado on it and like a really basic salad with oil and vinegar? And pretty much every time they're like, I actually love those things and that would be a great lunch that would be super easy for me to make. That's okay. Like people have this feeling that you can't just kind of throw a couple of easy things together, like have some carrots and hummus and a salad, or like it doesn't need to be this, you know, like you're going out to lunch and it's like this perfectly proportioned out with lots of ingredients meals. As long as you're making sure that you're getting some high quality nutrients in there, some vitamins, minerals, which basically means you're just making sure to include some vegetables, 
and you know not focusing on things that come from a package whole foods are really what it comes down to and it doesn't have to be in some amazingly perfect meal so I just urge you to think like if you're running into struggling to figure out what to eat for lunch and stuff every day just think like if this could be as easy as possible what would it be and chances are that's actually what you really want to eat anyway and it could just make your life so much easier I know it does for me Another thing that people often ask me about is they're just get tired of cooking all the time <laughs> and they want to have some place where they can order in from or go out to, but they're like nervous that they're not sure if they're making a healthy choice. So I am totally on that bandwagon. I am not somebody who enjoys cooking by the weekend. I'm definitely over cooking and I want to just lay on the couch and watch TV and place an order for delivery. And that is totally okay and normal, but you want to be able to make healthy choices when you're doing that as well. Because unfortunately, I think a lot of us fall into the mentality of, well, if I'm going to order in, then I might as well make it good (laughs) and have something that's unhealthy or outside of what you would normally be choosing. But there are many ways that you can make healthy choices when you order in or dine out. And that can be what really makes all the difference with you feeling those consistent positive impacts from making those healthy decisions. Because unfortunately, lots of us get into that cycle where we have like a perfect Monday to Thursday and then Friday to Sunday is like off the rails. We don't want to do that. We want you feeling good most of the time and making healthy decisions most of the time. So definitely think it's really important to scout out some places that you can order from and you know that you're getting fairly healthy options. Again, anytime that you're ordering out, you obviously don't know everything that's in your food. There's probably a lot more salt or oil or all of those kinds of things than you would actually use in your kitchen. But again, we don't need to be a slave to being in the kitchen all the time to live a healthy life. A healthy life is about being able to rest, relax, go out, order in. You need to be able to find a balance with all of those things. So it really just requires a little bit of research. So Usually I will try and look into, I'll go on their website, I'll look at their FAQ pages, look at the About Us, like just try and get an understanding of what kind of place it is. And again, I'm not doing this for every place that I order from, but you do just want a few like staple places where you're like, I'm making a really good decision for myself. I feel confident that I'm eating healthy tonight and this feels like a really good choice for me. But again, that's not going to be every time you order in. So I'll check out those pages, the FAQs, the About Us, all of that. I'm always looking to see if they mention if they use organic ingredients or local ingredients. Quality, I mean, that is really important. Lots of times places will say that they don't use inflammatory oils, so they don't use things like canola oil. That is really great when I can see that something like that is true. Also, if they just have a lot of options that have vegetables and whole grains so that you can choose things on the menu that are real whole foods and you're not ending up with refined carbohydrates or tons of animal products, like really making sure that the meals can have a good amount of fiber in them and things that are going to support your health and your gut. Another good sign too is if they allow substitutions and amendments because again, when we're trying to make healthier choices, sometimes we want, you know, a different, some like I'll notice a lot of places that I order from like Let's say it's sometimes I'll get 
from a sushi place, but I'll get like vegetable rolls and you can get brown rice as an option. Like things like that where you can always kind of make a healthier or more whole food choice is a really great um, option, a great way to know that you're, you've found something that has healthier choices for you. And then of course, just don't be afraid to ask questions about specific ingredients and dishes, especially if you're like me and you're fine eating the same few things all the time. Once you know what's in something, then you're good. So for example, like I will, sometimes it'll say that something's made with like gluten-free pasta. So I'll call and I'll say, what is in the pasta? Or sometimes honestly, it will just say right on the website, depending on what um, the restaurant is. And also another great place to look is their allergen section. That's another thing that's a really good indication of if a place is really quality and takes pride in their ingredients is if they're really clear about their allergens and that is where you can also get a good indication of what's actually in a lot of the different foods that can be really helpful for you as well. So I would definitely recommend, it's a little annoying at first, but just do a little bit of research, have a couple of places with a couple of things that you can safely order and it really makes all the difference to take a break from being in the kitchen. Another thing that's been coming up with clients a lot, really always does, is people who are trying to kick the sweets habit, especially when it comes to cravings at night. That seems to be when most people are just like dying for something sweet is after dinner. And it can be a really hard time to make those healthier decisions. And I just wanna start off by saying that sweet cravings are really, really challenging to deal with. Sugar is insanely addictive. There are literally studies that say that when mice are given the choice between cocaine, heroin, and sugar, they choose sugar almost every single time. <laughs> so it might even be every single time. So it's sugar is no joke. It's very addictive. So and once you're in that cycle, you, it's very hard to break free of it. And also it's it's challenging because even if when you do start to make the transition away from it, you will probably have like a solid three or four days where you actually are experiencing some withdrawal symptoms. And those are extremely unpleasant. Like you will have, you know, like headaches, obviously extreme cravings, low energy, moodiness, like all of that kind of stuff. And I just urge you to stay the course and push through it because once you come out the other side, you really do not feel the same it just doesn't have the same like power and hold over you. You really just need to like break yourself free and it just takes like three or four days. So again, if you need any support, I'm here for you, but it's totally worth coming out on the other side because it really just, sugar is one of the most harmful things that we have in our diets. It impacts, it's basically linked to all lifestyle diseases, obviously diabetes, heart disease, all of that kind of stuff. It wreaks complete havoc on our gut. It turns on fat storage. And once you have that kind of visceral fat that can come from excessive sugar consumption, it's very, very hard to lose. And it also keeps you stuck in the same place of craving those same foods. So I am here to support you if you're struggling with this and don't beat yourself up, but definitely it is so, so important to try and kick that habit. So I do have some recommendations for things that you can have that <clears throat> provide that sweetness without that same blood sugar roller coaster that, you know, Oreos or ice cream or whatever it is that's calling your name might have. So one of my favorite snacks that I talk about all the time is dates with almond butter. 
It's so delicious. Dates, if you have not had them, are so sweet and delicious and satisfying and they're packed with fiber and they're really, really a great option for when you are trying to deal with sweet cravings. So you could eat them and honestly enjoy them alone. They're great that way too, but putting a little almond butter, like then you have some of that fat in there, some protein, it is a really, really satisfying and whole snack. And I love the art, Artisana Organics almond butter. It literally is, it's literally just almonds. I don't know how it's so delicious, but it is so, so good. It's organic, obviously. And literally all you do is split the almond, sorry, split the date and spread a little bit of the almond butter in there. It's honestly so good. You can sprinkle a little cinnamon on it. Sometimes they do a little shaved coconut. Honestly, such a delicious snack. Banana ice cream is another really simple recipe as well. That's basically just blending frozen bananas and you can add in different things like, like you could add some coconut or cinnamon or some other things into it, even some um, like fruits and stuff like that to give it a little bit of flavor, but that's another really easy one. Um, I'm also really enjoying compote, which is basically just, I'll take some frozen vegetables, sorry, not vegetables, frozen fruits, and just heat them in a pot until they get kind of like mushy. It's almost like you're making your own like jelly or jam. And you can put that on a little bit of like coconut yogurt or mix that with a little bit of almond butter or chia pudding or oatmeal. Like these can all be really great ways you can incorporate some sweetness. And then of course, obviously, just enjoying fruit when you're feeling that sweet craving because really fruit is very, very sweet, but our taste buds when we are so used to consuming like refined sugar, we don't taste that true sweetness. But once you move away from all of that refined junky sugar and packaged food stuff, you'll really start to taste the sweetness in the whole foods and that will really be satisfying enough. Another thing is that lots of times we end up having those cravings at night because we're depriving ourselves throughout the day. So and the crazy thing is I feel like lots of people that are binging on these sweets at night won't let themselves have something like fruit. They're like trying to stay away from sugar completely and then they kind of like lose control about it at night. So I would say just trying to add in some fruits and things like that that have natural sweetness, even things like sweet potato, you start to just be more in tune to those naturally sweet things and it lessens that urge to have it at the end of the night. Also, cooking with coconut oil, it adds sweetness to things and it's really absolutely delicious. So that could be another way to just incorporate some sweetness throughout the day so you're not feeling like you're dying for it at night. But again, this is really all just part of being stuck in that that cycle where you're truly a bit addicted to the sweets. So again, transitioning to these fiber-filled ways of consuming sweetness will help you to wean yourself out of that that cycle and that need for those like extremely sweet options. And then of course, just in general, keeping your eyes out and reading ingredient labels because sometimes it's the sneaky things that have a lot of sugar in them that are continuing to throw off our balance. Like things like tomato sauce or granola bars, things will have insane amounts of sugar in them. So you definitely wanna make sure you're checking it out and you're trying not to be having more than five grams of added sugar per serving. And added means that they're literally adding sugar. So something like if it's sweetened by it actually having fruit in it, that those sugars are different, but you're wanting to look at the added sugars because that is what is really 
contributing sugar and sweetness without the fiber to keep us from being on that roller coaster. So that's my little <laughs> little advice on sweets. Again, hang in there. I know it's challenging. Another thing that clients ask me about a lot or has come up a lot is that they feel like they know what they should be doing in terms of making healthier choices when it comes to their eating, but they don't know how to get started. It's like they just need more structure. So I actually decided to create this personalized detox meal planning program. And basically what this allows you to do is you make a appointment with me basically for a consultation and you fill out all of these different forms where I kind of ask you all different questions regarding like what kinds of foods you like or don't like um, and can kind of help to develop a personalized meal plan based on your goals, based on the things that you like and then give you the corresponding recipes. So this way you can really easily just kind of start with that healthy detox lifestyle without kind of figuring out what to eat for every meal because I think for some people that's where it can get really overwhelming is just like the actual execution on it and a lot of people too I find are really actually interested in experimenting with a more plant-based lifestyle they just don't even know how to build meals around that because we as a society are just so focused on you know the animal protein being like center stage in every meal so this personalized detox meal plan thing that I'm offering is very exciting. Clients that I've been doing it with so far are loving it and basically are like, it just takes all of the guesswork out of figuring out what to eat each week. And it makes it so easy that I, I can't even come up with an excuse not to do it. Like the recipes are typically like 15 to 20 minutes or less. And it just really makes it very simple. And obviously everything is delicious. And again, based on the foods that you actually like and that work for you. So if you are interested in this, I'm going to link up to it in the show notes. And it's a really great option for helping to kind of kickstart you into living that healthier lifestyle and making it really easy. So that was pretty much it on the food stuff. Um, Another question, though, that I get when it comes to beauty stuff a lot is sunscreen. So at this point, we pretty much all know the importance of sunscreen daily. And I just want to apologize. I don't know if you can hear this like jackhammer happening out on the street, but hopefully it's not too loud on here. Um, Welcome to New York City. But when it comes to sunscreen, it is very, very important when it comes to protecting, obviously, our skin from the sun, preventing premature aging, obviously preventing against any kind of skin cancers, all of that stuff. And it really is important for us to be wearing sunscreen when we go out and about every single day. So the question that I often get is, A, what do I, like, what sunscreen do I recommend? And B, what do you do when you are, like, out and about all day long, but you have makeup on? Like, you're not really going to apply, you know, that kind of sunscreen that has that white cast when you already have makeup on your face. So I have the solution for you. Um, the sunscreen that I do use as my base in the morning is the Josh Rosebrook. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's his Josh Rosebrook sunscreen. I'll link up to it in the show notes. It's great. It is, of course, non-toxic. And I found that it has, it does have a slight white cast, but it rubs in very easily then and you don't see it. Whereas some of the other ones really, it does stay on. So that's another reason I definitely recommend it. Makeup goes over it very easily. 
And then I recommend the Clear Stem Brush-On Sunscreen, which is like a tinted powder sunscreen that you can put on over your makeup. So this is like the best thing ever because you can just, it's tiny and easy to just throw in your bag and you can just reapply every few hours with that. And it doesn't mess up your makeup. If anything, it actually can give you a little bit of bronziness, even if you aren't wearing makeup previously. And it is just, I think, like the best thing that I have discovered in terms of being able to stay on your sunscreen game. So I definitely highly recommend that. I will link up to that in the show notes. And again, nothing toxic, no endocrine disruptors. All of these products are super clean and effective. In terms of detoxing our home, that is another question that I get a lot. It seems to be the place where my clients feel the least confident and like they have the most work to do, but it feels really overwhelming because it kind of feels like everything would be really expensive. So I did wanna share just some really easy, free ways that you can detox your home because unfortunately the EPA has been saying that the air pollution inside our homes is now the biggest threat to family health today, which is really scary. But unfortunately there are just a lot of toxic things in our homes that are releasing these VOCs or volatile organic compounds and we're just breathing them in all day. So there are some really easy things though that you can do to improve that situation. And the first of them is super easy, which is open your windows. So this allows clean, fresh air to come in. It's ideal to do it for a couple hours a day. And this is even true if you live in a city like me where most of us would think, well, isn't there pollution outside? it's still better than inside. So it's always still worth it to try and air out your living space for a few hours a day. And again, just like anything else, not being all or nothing about this, if you only remember to do it a couple days a week, it's better than not doing it at all. So definitely just something to keep in mind. Another thing is to clean often because dust particles can trap toxic chemicals and then we are ingesting those again. So if you can try and clean and dust as much as possible to pick up those particles so that you're not ingesting them. That is another free thing that we can be doing to help with detoxing our homes. Again, honestly, (laughs) I'm not the greatest when it comes to cleaning. Definitely something that I'm trying to improve upon, but every time that you do it, it is beneficial. So just something to keep in mind. And then a big one is to avoid air fresheners and synthetically scented products. Just being aware I mean, like Glade plugins, like all of that stuff, avoid that. Avoid that at all costs. And just keep your eyes open to things that are scented that, like, why? Like, you don't need scented garbage bags. (laughs) It's not something that you want to be breathing in or having in your home. Just kind of, unfortunately, everything is scented these days. So just being really onto it and making sure that you're getting things that are unscented, unless you know that they are naturally scented or with essential oils or something like that. But generally speaking, if it's something you're grabbing in the grocery store or CVS, definitely recommend unscented products. And kind of to piggyback on this you know, free things to detox our home. Something that comes up a lot with clients and even with, you know, friends and family who obviously are not investing in help when it comes to living a healthier lifestyle is money is a big excuse that people use for not being healthy or not trying to be healthier. And often, you know, we think that it's so expensive to make these decisions and do not get me wrong, unfortunately, some things are hard 
to make, they are more expensive to make the healthier decision, which is really unfortunate that that is just the society that we live in or this country at the moment. For example, like the fact that organic foods can be substantially more of an investment than the conventionally grown foods and things like that. And everybody's budget is different and I'm in no way minimizing if you're having to make different choices, but there are always ways that you can prioritize the free things at least. And another thing that I really always like to try and equate it to is investing in our health is kind of like investing money. Like if you think of it like investing in a 401k, when you're investing little bits throughout, you know, your life, like $5 every month, you know, starting with when you are 22 versus when you're 42, you're going to end up with a lot more wealth down the line. And the same thing is true of health. There really is compounding impacts when we take care of ourselves. And at the end of the day, it's way more expensive to be dealing with an illness than it is to be taking care of ourselves in little bits along the way. And this is gonna look different for everybody. And I'm not saying that the expense of, you know, crazy expensive workout classes or paying for a coach, it, it just may not be right for you at the moment, but there are so many things that you can take advantage of that are free. <laughs> so I just wanted to share those things like sleep, you know, oftentimes the people who are saying that they can't afford to be healthy are completely neglecting all of the free options that they have at their disposal. So things like sleep, things like taking walks outside, the sun, like just experiencing being out in the sun, breathing in the fresh air, drinking enough water. Again, obviously filtered water is ideally what we want, which comes at somewhat of a price, but drinking water is absolutely so, so important. And those things, sleep, walks, sunshine, fresh air, water, like so, so important for our health. And before you're kind of dismissing health as being too expensive for you, make sure that you're maximizing on those free things. And also understand that any little investments that you feel comfortable making, they really are gonna pay off. Honestly, health is the I mean, I would argue like the most important thing for us to be investing in when it comes to ourselves, because if you don't have your health, you really can't enjoy the other things that you're spending your money on. So, you know, like I was talking about a couple of weeks ago in the Mexican fisherman story, which I absolutely love, like so often we are not taking care of ourselves because we're trying to build this career or business or whatever it may be and think that somewhere down the line, we're gonna be able to like enjoy the fruits of our labor. But if you haven't been taking care of your health for all those years, it's a lot harder to enjoy things when you're not feeling well. So you are important, your family is important. I know there's only so much money, but just thinking about how you can invest in yourselves and really support your health is a really important consideration to make. So I think that that is a pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about today. And I hope that some of these things at least are things that maybe are just reminders of stuff that you already knew, or maybe something that you've been wondering about. And of course, again, as I mentioned, I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, please shoot them to me at Instagram at the.detox.diaries, or you can email me at nicole at the detoxdiaries.com and I will link up to everything in the show notes so everything specific that I mentioned here and 
I am so happy that you guys are here and you're listening. If you're enjoying the show, again, I would love if you would leave a rating and review. If you do, please send me a screenshot and I will send you that organics graphic that I mentioned. It's a really great thing to just have on your phone and easily reference when you're out and about. And if you have any questions, I'm here for you and I will see you on the next one. Bye.